Welcome to the Down to Learning Show podcast series, episode 36 with independent learning tech analyst John Lay. Today, I interview Ha McNeil, Chief Operating Officer at BSA, the Software Alliance, about their new business-to-business-to-business online certification. You can find more of our content at talenttolearning.com. On this show, I'm fortunate to interview the world's leading experts in extended enterprise learning solutions from both the vendor and the practitioner perspective. Extended enterprise is being defined as any education targeted to audiences that are not your employees or academic students, such as customers, partners, resellers, members, and more. Today, from the practitioner expert perspective, my guest is Ha McNeil, COO of BSA. Ha has a long and impactful history of making a difference in the United States federal government and has brought that organizational expertise and experience to BSA and the enterprise software industry in general. Ha recently has launched a whole new certification program online on a brand new business LMS. Today, we're going to learn all about the whole process from requirements definition to go live. Ha, thanks so much for joining me today on the Talent to Learning Show podcast series. Thanks for having me, John. Ha, you have probably one of the most impressive uh, LinkedIn resumes uh, that I've ever seen. I've told you that multiple times, and I thought maybe a great place to start the questioning today would be, how about you tell us about uh, your unique personal history and, and your long career in government service and how that led you to become the COO of uh, the Software Alliance? Sure. Well, thanks for your kind words, John. Um, I uh, have been very lucky, I think, to have a career where, you know, it's kept me very engaged and has been really uh, interesting and presented some unique challenges, I think, throughout. Um, but I've always been drawn to bringing change to organizations um, and seeking out roles where I felt like I could uh, have have an impact. So, um, you know, where that took me uh, at the very uh uh, at very very early on in my career was uh, a, an opportunity at the Department of Homeland Security uh, in 2005 or so, which was uh, you know very early on. The department was stood up in 2003, so we were at the very nascent stages of setting up um, a very large government agency, right? Probably the largest uh, government reform in the United States since after World War II. Um, so that really afforded me the opportunity to be part of shaping um, what I view as a really complex organization that really kind of provides security to uh, the American public while trying to maintain the, the daily way of life that we enjoy. And so that really does bring a lot of complexities with it. Um, and I spent a lot of time at DHS focusing on international affairs as well as trade. So. Um, the department protects our borders, and so uh, you know everything—the goods coming in and out of it—kind of falls under the security aspect of that. Falls under the purview of the department. So, um, so I got to work on trade, and as part of that, I worked on intellectual property, uh, which then led me to an opportunity at the White House in the office of the intellectual property enforcement coordinator, um, and that also was a new office being stood up, I believe in 2010 or so. Uh, and at the time, uh, the director of that office uh, was Victoria Espinel, who then became uh, years later, the CEO of BSA, the Software Alliance. So that's, that's where I first met Victoria. Um, you know, BSA for me, the Software Alliance uh, was an attractive place to go to after uh, departing government. Uh, because it also represents an industry that is very, very quickly evolving and has to, right? I mean, the, the enterprise software industry um, 
is not only at the cutting edge, uh, you know, of, of the modern uh, economy, but really is setting the cutting edge. And so being part of a trade association that represents that segment of the economy was really, really attractive to me and um, offered uh, opportunities to really uh, be part of, of shaping what what that modern digital economy looks like. Wow, that's great to see. But then you, you went back and forth twice. I did. And so, you know, I mean, I think uh, the security mission really is near and dear to my heart. And uh, there was an opportunity to go back and serve as the chief of staff at the Transportation Security Administration. Um, and uh, I really, again, felt like, you know, it was a role where I could have uh, an impact and uh, spent two and a half years there. Um, you know, those those are typically high burn uh, opportunities. So you go in and you give it your all. Um, and then, you know, and then you, you go on to, to, to other things after you feel like, you know, you've, you've served as much as you, you could. So, um, so then after two and a half years at TSA, um, there, were, uh, there was an opportunity to come back uh, to the Software Alliance and be uh, responsible for the programs that drive revenue back to uh, the organization. And so that includes member relations and includes a lot of the um, license compliance and IP programs that we provide to, uh, to our members at BSA. Excellent. So tell us about the Software Alliance BSA, uh, what it is uh, that you do as an organization, maybe a brief history. Who are your members? BSA, the Software Alliance, is a trade association that represents enterprise software companies. And what that means is that our members uh, create software solutions that help other businesses. Uh, we have been uh, around for over 30 years. Uh, we were born out of the mission of helping our members enforce their licenses and their intellectual property. And we started out doing that on the global scale. So we are unique in that one, we're one of the few trade associations that was born global. So we have a presence all over the world, uh, employees in nine to 10 countries across the globe. Um, and uh, we are very focused on the enterprise software sector. And so our members uh, are uh, some of the biggest software companies that you may have heard of, including Microsoft and IBM, Oracle and Salesforce, and some other companies that um, are newer that you might not have heard of, but are also doing great, uh, great things. So Workday and Splunk and Twilio are a few examples. Um, and, uh, and we have, U.S. companies, and we have international companies as members as well. Wow, excellent. Uh, uh, you recently uh, piloted and released a new industry certification called the SAM uh, certification. What is it? Why did you create it? And what need is it filling in the market? Sure. So SAM uh, stands for Software Asset Management. And um, what we like to say at BSA is that uh, every company really should think of themselves as a software company. In today's world, software is a critical component of every modern company. So in that same vein, every industry should really care about software asset management uh, because what we are seeing is that companies are increasingly reliant on software to perform their core business functions. And um, in an environment where software is becoming uh, more uh, widely used and more complex, because uh, people are moving to the cloud um, and moving to a subscription model for their software licenses. They are allowing employees to bring their own devices to work. 
they are managing an increasingly uh, geographically dispersed workforce. Uh, how you manage your software is becoming more and more complicated and more and more important. Uh, the the uh, governance of your of your software assets uh, within an enterprise really uh, helps on efficiencies, and we've seen uh, that if you do SAM correctly, you can uh, you know, that can lead to up to 30% in efficiency savings. Um, it protects the enterprise and your company, your organization against things like malware and cyber risks. Uh, because you're always using, you know, if you're managing it correctly, you're using the latest uh, versions of, of software that have all of the security tools uh, built in and the updates built into it. Um, and that's really evolved over time, right? So software asset management, I think, was a field that used to be really narrowly ascribed to, to your IT department. But what we're seeing more and more is that it is a function that crosses multiple departments from your CFO, your CIO, your general counsel, um, so across your C-suite, all the way down to the programmatic level. Um, and why is BSA in this space, right? So BSA obviously represents enterprise software companies. Um, we have been in the software asset management space for a while. We've been engaged with the International Standards Organization working group that is responsible for establishing uh, international standards on IT asset management. And, uh, and so because of who we represent, uh, who we are, and our engagements in the space, uh, we feel like, uh, we felt like we were very well positioned to help promulgate that standards by developing uh, this training and certification program. Wow, great overview. And so how do you go about uh, selling this certification? Do you uh, just provide it for free to your members or do you sell it to individuals or to your member? organizations or both or how does that all work yeah so it's a combination um, you know we we are here to serve our members and so for our members they do have the ability to access this certification as part of their membership um, and we uh, sell directly to uh, to end users right so those uh, who have some role to play in software asset management within their organization and who want to get trained on the latest and greatest standards uh, and how to set up those governance structures. Um, we we uh, engage with those folks. And then there is a whole host of organizations, and this is a growing field, of um, SAM consultancies, uh, SAM tool providers, right? And so what they do is they help organizations um, manage their software assets appropriately and uh, and so they uh, you know are interested in partnering with us to uh, not only train themselves on the latest on software asset management but also kind of push this um, this course uh, and this training out to their their customers as well so we do partner with reseller organizations to help promote this course wow so you have a b to b to b yeah that's pretty <laughs> that's right <laughs> That, that's going to get complicated with technology to, to support the, those, those multiple levels. Uh, so the content part of that, so it sounds like if you've been in this business for a while in uh, software asset management, you've, you've probably uh, developed the, the intellectual property uh, for this content. Uh, what's the content look like? How did you get it from 
um, I, I guess, IP into to learning content and what type of learning content? Like, what, what's that all look like? Yeah, so I, I mean, I would encourage folks to, to get on our website uh, and you can reach it uh, by going to bsaverifirm.org um, and there's a demo on there uh, that you can, that you can uh, kind of walk through to get a, a sense of the look and feel and the content of the course. Um, but we partnered with uh, the subject matter experts on this to develop the course content. Uh, so we uh, reached out to um, this individual named Ron Brill, who is the uh, ISO working group chair uh, that helped steer all of these uh, developments uh, and, and updates and standards in 2017. Uh, and he owns a SAM service provider organization. He's the president there um, of a company called Ankle Point. And so we worked with him and his team to develop the content um, of the course and then um, also were um, really keen to make sure that this was a uh, a cutting-edge online learning experience and so we we employ all of the you know the latest e-learning tools um, it is a very engaging layout with uh, knowledge checks throughout to really kind of make sure um, that the the learner uh, is, is learning throughout and has uh, check-in points throughout the course um, and, and we use multiple different mediums within the course content itself between kind of, you know, audio and, and video and, and text. Um, it is self-paced. Um, and the reason that we, you know, decided to go that route is because we know that people's professional lives are, are you know, complicated and busy. Um, and also at a time where people are working from home, um, and remotely, just like how we're conducting this podcast right, right now, uh, the structure of the course really needed to meet meet that uh, that end user audience. That's great. You sound like an instructional designer's dream here. Uh, getting all those <laughs> media assets, uh, checking. How how long does it, it take approximately to to earn that the, the certification? Yeah, so we uh, we estimate that it takes about twelve hours uh, from wow. beginning to completion, and what that means is uh, there's two parts, uh, two, two chapters, I would call them, uh, of course material. And then the third part is the assessment itself, uh, at the end of which, if you successfully pass the assessment, you get a, um, a certificate and a digital credential that you can uh, display on your uh, social media accounts, for example. Um, but uh, I've seen, you know, I've seen people take less time than that. If this is, you know, if software asset management is your thing and you're very well versed in it, it could take less time as well. Mm -hmm. So it would take me 20 hours, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, you, so one of the things that we talk about all the time at, at Talented Learning is how the technology or learning management system or learning system in general is, there, there's so many different types. And most of them are really built for, from an HR and a training aspect or training your employee aspect. And as it turns out, you piloted the the SAM program uh, on an industry leading LMS that was built for employee talent management, but it didn't go so great. Um, and so I was hoping that you could maybe explain what some of the main challenges were that you your organization ran into trying to use an employee LMS for a B2B2B uh, type LMS. Uh, could you outline a few of those for us, help reinforce that idea? Yeah, yeah, happy to. Uh, I think that was at the crux of why uh, we decided to work with you, John, and why we decided to migrate to a new platform. Um, 
is because of the fit. I think when you have a product that you are selling to the public, um, it is very, very different than um, internal workforce training. Um, to me, some of the main challenges uh, pertain to things like e-commerce, right? How do you how do you uh, integrate the e-commerce part of selling a course um, into the platform so that it is a seamless experience, as opposed to kind of bouncing back between uh, you know different different uh, pages, so that you know your end user doesn't have to open up so many different screens uh, between paying for the course and actually launching the course, for example. Mm -hmm. um, so the integration of the e-commerce into the platform was really really an important aspect of it. Um, and then there's the general um, user interface. Um, and I think, you know, as a paying customer, there's just a, a different expectation there in terms of what you want your experience to be. So it was really important to what I call minimize the clicks, right? So uh, between you landing on the page and seeing the course that you want to purchase and you being able to access and launch it, launch the content and start learning, we should make that as easy and seamless as possible. So that's what we were looking for um, as well. Um, and then, uh, the, then there's the marketing, right, and reporting aspect of it. Um, and uh, you know, we wanted a learning management system that would be able to um, integrate with a CRM system, so that we, you know, as we do marketing uh, and outreach, um, you know, that would be that would be more of a seamless experience, and we could kind of bounce back and forth between the two uh, platforms seamlessly, uh, as opposed to kind of having a lot of back-end administrative. Um, human touches to to help this process along. Then the, the big thing for us was, as I mentioned earlier, we market this directly, but we also partner with resellers, right? And so I think it's important that um, if that's, you know, your strategy, that you be able to uh, have a platform that allows you to set up different pages for your partnerships uh, with a different look and feel and brand. So that was, you know, really a, a, an important aspect of what we were looking for. So were you able to find uh, a pure business LMS? Yeah. So, um, you know, I think we were able to find something that was pretty close to an awesome solution for us. So in the end, um, you know, we uh, we we settled on Thought Industries um, as our LMS of choice, uh, and so we've we've just migrated, um, you know, a few weeks ago. So this is all very fresh in my mind. Um, and uh, what has made it a really um, great experience is uh, that where uh, the capabilities don't uh, readily exist potentially on their platforms, uh, we work with them to find ways to, to, you know, to, to build it in or to create that capability because they have such flexibility in the way that they've built their system. Um, and um, also, uh, they have a great capability in terms of uh, supporting that reseller partnership model. We had super tight timeframes to evaluate uh, your new choices and, and make a decision. And that's really relevant today in Corona age, of course, uh, that lots and lots of organizations that had uh, instructor-led programs or you know, live uh, type programs of some sort are somewhat in the same boat as you of, of having to find a new system that can support the transition online and do it rapidly and uh, to do it successfully. And you rolled out really rapidly. And so a couple questions. 
how rapidly was that and what were some <laughs> of the <laughs> what were some of the the steps that you took or any any best practices or pitfalls that you want to share on uh, on deploying a, a learning system uh, in in a short time frame yeah i yes so i think our timeline was quite aggressive um and i think you know part of that is just uh because you know me coming back to bsa uh, recently, in the last six, seven months or so, um, you know, I had taken the time up front to kind of assess uh, where the program, the SAM certification program was at and what changes we may want to make. And so um, by the time I figured out that, it, we, you know, we should really start looking for a new LMS system, um, you know, our timelines were, were quite, quite short. Um, you know, but in true BSA fashion, we were like, well, we can tackle this, right? But I think some of the key learnings from that is, you know, you've got to really um, focus on where your core competencies are and then really find, uh, you know, others to help you in areas where, uh, you know, you're not, you're not the expert, right? So, um, so uh, I think that's kind of where it led to us engaging with you, John, because you have such a great knowledge of, of uh, you know, the LMS industry and what options are out there. And so um, in December, mid-December, I think, is when we launched the RFP process. Um, we signed the contract with Thought Industries by the end of January, and we launched, uh, like fully transitioned and launched by March 23rd. So, um, so yeah, so I think that was, what, a six, seven week uh, transition time. Um, but we hadn't, wouldn't have been able to do that had we not worked with you to really clearly define up front what our requirements were. And I think that was a really key process to be um, very detailed and very thorough in spelling that out. Um, and then I think that gave you the ability to take a look at all of that and then think, okay, well, you know, knowing what I know about the, the LMS industry, like who should we get to apply to the RFP? and have that be more of a focused effort as opposed to casting such a broad net. And, you know, if we had cast a broad net, I'd probably still be interviewing yeah. <laughs> um, LMS providers and trying to decide which one to go with, right? So I think that that upfront homework that we did was really, really important. Great. Thank you. Well, thanks, uh, thanks for that answer and thanks for the kind words. I'm, I'm glad you found that useful. What in the, in the implementation process, did anything surprise you? Um, it, Anything surprise you? Any steps that uh, when you got into it, you were like, oh, I should have done that beforehand? Huh. Uh, good question. Um, I think, uh, you know, because I, the, the product itself, uh, you know, and, and the whole line of effort encompasses many different vendors that we work with. Um, you know, we've got marketing, we've got CRM, we've got the actual platform, we've got uh, that coordination, right, and the interplay between each of those entities uh, is is something that kind of played out and we were learning as we were going. Um, had I had more time, I think we could have sat back and really thought about, okay, what does that mean for our marketing firm and what does that mean for our CRM and really kind of work through that in a more, more deliberate way. In the end, everything, you know, turned out okay um, and, and we were able to launch on time. Um, but that was, you know, that was uh, one of the things that was an interesting learning for me. Um, and then the other things that I would call out is, um, you know, thinking about it from your end user perspective, right? So we, on the old system, had some users. Um, and what I really wanted to make sure was that um, 
we could make that transition as seamless as possible for our customers. And so putting yourself in their shoes and thinking about how to manage that, um, what communication you should have with them as you're taking them through this migration, right? So we did notifications um, a few times just to give them a, a heads up on the changes that were coming and why we were making those changes, um, you know, part of which is to give them a better user experience. Um, and then build in plenty of time for quality control and testing. That's what, that would be my last my last uh, tip on that front. Great, and last question, I can't believe we're out of time already. Now you flash forward three years, how do you know that you were successful? Yeah, I mean, I think sales is obviously, you know, um, a pretty obvious one um, in terms of a success metric, but I think resellers is also uh, a really important one. That is that is our um, the crux of, of our strategy, right? So, um, you know, we could be out there trying to market this directly, but I think working with the ecosystem of organizations that work in the SAM space is really, um, kind of a reinforcing mechanism. We all understand why this is important and how do we, you know, help each other push this message out. Um, and then the last, um, you know, one of the other metrics that I would look at is um, automation um, and and um, and data. So uh, a big consideration in switching uh, platforms was how much can we automate? How can I minimize? Uh, the back end administrative uh, human burden uh, of of this, and um, and then how do we drive uh, our growth, right, and our marketing approaches and our overall strategy based on the data and the reporting that we're able to see um, and get from from the platform. Outstanding, outstanding. Well, hi, you have it uh, all together. A, a great career in government service. Uh, Fantastic here in leading a, a progressive uh, trade organization here to release a new certification, releasing that certification and rolling it out in new technology in record time and and uh, growing it and making an impact in the world. So uh, that all sounds pretty good to me. Uh, congratulations. Uh, thanks for joining me today here on the Talented Learning Show and sharing your story. Most importantly, uh, it's just great to hear practitioners of uh, how they go about it, how they think about it the decisions they made and why is just fascinating to me and, and to our audience. So uh, thank you very much. Well, thank you, John. And thanks for your support throughout this whole effort. Awesome. Awesome. Listeners, thanks for tuning in to another episode. Uh, we hope to have you on the next. You can find more of our free resources at talentedlearning.com.